Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. So before we start, let me just remind you that on Saturday, September 9th, from 2.30 to 6 in the afternoon, we're going to have our annual Fall Equinox workshop. Um, 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 7 equals 10. 10 is the year of mastery. And this is what we have been working on all this year. We just finished a series on the Sage Warrior. And Yogi Bhajan's birthday was the line of demarcation on that. And the next series is a series on light, all forms of light, delight, polite, enlightenment, lighten up, be the light, the light of truth, all of these expressions. And light is sound because all vibrations, which light is a vibration, it's a frequency, all vibrations have a sound. The sound of light is such a very high frequency that even dogs can't hear it. But in order for that to ignite, in order for light to ignite, what comes before light is tension, pressure, stress, and friction. Purusha is the infinite void, the infinite nothing. And out of that Purusha, something manifests tension, pressure, stress, and friction. And when I asked Yogi Bhajan, why? Because I always was asking, why? And I thought it was a good question. Um, He said, Simple. God became bored. You know, parusha, infinite nothing. Continuously infinite nothing. Eternally infinite nothing. So, eternally infinite nothing. That means that in your presence, the nothing still exists. In other words, not only is there a presence that is you, but there's a nothing that is you. There's a nothing that's you that is just a dream of you. And if you can actually get back into that arena, that realm, where the nothing of you forms into the something of you, you can actually alter the nature of you. You can't alter the nature of anything out here on the screen, but you can alter the nature of everything back at the source code, at the source of the film that is projecting from the light onto the screen. And the light is your spirit. 
The light is your conscious, excuse me, the light is that which shines through your spirit, which shines through the film of your consciousness onto the screen of your existence, including the screen of your own body. And so this is multidimensional in which all space becomes a single point and all time becomes a single moment. And that is what's called the fifth dimension. And all dimensions beyond that, sixth, seventh, eighth, and so on and so forth, are just alterations of that oneness, that unity. So if you are not trapped in the third dimension, this dimension of space, and not trapped in the fourth dimension, the dimension of sequential time, you can actually shift your awareness into the source of that light. Have you ever been in a really dimly lit room trying to read something? And if you turn up the light, you can read it more clearly? Imagine the light that we're talking about. Turning up the light in your existence so that you don't just see the obvious, because the obvious, based on our brain that has been highly charging the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is the nervous system that is about fight and flight. The parasympathetic nervous system is the, is the nervous system that is about relaxation, is about dream time, is about that expansion. So our evolution has highly tuned the sympathetic so that we're highly tuned to fight and flight. We're highly tuned to experience the danger of life. If we increase the light, the first thing it does, it shows us more danger, and that scares us. And so we retreat from the light, like the cockroach, la cucaracha. <laughs> and as we retreat from the light, we get back to a reasonable amount of danger and we feel familiar and safe. But if you persist in that immediate initial stage of increased danger because you've increased the light, you suddenly realize that right there with the danger is the peace calm, the solution. So right there, with the danger is the safety, right there. Now what if you, instead of figuring out how to deal with the danger, were figuring out how to expand the solution? All we're doing in today's world is figuring out how to deal with the danger. And so what do we do? We create a danger that we can control to overwhelm the danger that we can't control, and that's what we call security. We increase the danger that we can control, the violence that we can control, to overwhelm the danger and violence that we can't control. And that is what Gandhi said, an eye for an eye, 
and the whole world goes blind. And so we will never bomb our way to peace. It's a bit of an oxymoron that we will be violent in order to discover peace. It's completely impossible. And so what we do in Kundalini is we take the light force, which is the Kundalini. Kundalini is just a coil of potential light. When you uncoil it, that light shines through all of the chakras and within each chakra it lights up the corresponding gland and organ. The first chakra is the large intestine and the adrenals. The second chakra, the kidneys and the sexual system. The third chakra, the liver, the spleen, the stomach, large intestine, all of the digestion. The fourth chakra, the lungs, the heart, the thymus gland. The fifth chakra, all of the throat, the thyroid, the parathyroid, the ear, the inner ear. That fifth chakra is all this area in here. And it is how you can put what you're experiencing into words to feed your analysis. But it doesn't feed the heart or the gut but it can be fed by the heart and the gut. And we'll get to that in a moment. Then the sixth chakra, all about the pituitary, the pineal, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus. And the seventh chakra, which is all about actually the pineal, is not in the sixth, it's in the seventh, the pineal gland. Now the pineal gland, interestingly enough, human beings are the only animal that has a white around the eye, when the eye is naturally open. All other animals have a complete iris covering the open eye, and you only see the white in their eye when they look to the side. But the human being has the white around the eye because it's through that white that you allow photons, light particles, to enter brain matter and that feeds the pineal gland. The pineal gland actually feeds off of light. Then you have the eighth chakra, which is the entire electromagnetic field. Now, attached to each one of these chakras, attached to each one of these chakras is the glands and organs. And the glands and organs are all about emotions and feelings and physical health. And it is your emotions and feelings which are supposed to be guides so that you can know if you're balancing your physical health. But what we have attached our emotions and our feelings to, instead of that sensation of our physical health, we have attached the emotions and feelings to a thought process that we are going to analyze. And so rather than having a full body experience, we have a description. 
of an experience that we're not experiencing. But it's a description of what we would be experiencing if we were to experience it. And this is why everybody feels so lonely. Because they're not having an experience. They're not feeling a sensation of presence. It's not that you're lonely for someone else, you're actually lonely for yourself. You're not alone by yourself, you're alone without yourself. And that feels horrendous. The horrendous feeling, once again, is an emotion, is a feeling. It is supposed to go, ah, need to connect, need to connect, ah, feeling lonely, need to connect, need to connect. Where do we connect? We connect with the self, and by connecting with the self, we then allow others to connect with ourself. But others can't connect with ourself until we connect with ourself. And that's why relationships are so unsuccessful. I mean, I'm not saying that all relationships are unsuccessful. Some people have very successful relationships. But the vast numbers of relationships that are so unsuccessful are unsuccessful because you're not allowing yourself to connect with yourself so no one else can connect. Because the outside world is once again a projection of light through the film of your consciousness. And what we're talking about in that connecting with the self is that film of the consciousness. And just very quickly, in closing this description, the way in which we can, through yoga and meditation, the way that we can increase that ability for the light of Kundalini to shine up through the chakras is by engaging all three neurological centers, the gut brain, the heart brain, and the head brain. Unfortunately, over the last 120,000 years, we have been developing the head brain so fast that it's taken over everything. And all we actually, except in certain kinds of private schooling, all we actually educate is the head brain. And that means that people are walking, Yogi Bhajan called the human experience a truck that is carrying the head brain around and the stomach to feed the head brain. But it's not a reality to just carry your head brain around. You can't actually experience a relationship. You can't actually experience another person if all you're doing is you're experiencing, you're seeing them, you're hearing them, you're feeling them, you're tasting them, you're touching them, you're smelling them through the head brain. Because the head brain won't experience the vision. The head brain won't experience the sound. The head brain won't experience the taste, touch, or smell. The head brain will describe it and then compare it. And so if all I have is that relationship with you, then I will describe to myself what you look like, smell like, feel like, taste like, touch like, sound like. And then my brain will compare it to everyone else that I've ever met. Not only that I've ever met, but that my gene pool has ever met over the last seven generations. And you are very lucky if you come up with a score that says, Hey, how you doing? 
Because if you're never supposed to speak to a stranger, there is nothing that is as strange as this process. And everything about it is going to be strange, and it's going to be stranger and stranger. And so you will stop expressing yourself. And that's what it means to be the light. That's what it means to delight. That's what it means to be polite. To be polite doesn't mean that I am going to just, oh yeah, just not offend you. No. If I'm polite, I determine that I am the greatest thing that has ever happened in all of existence, and you are equal to me. In other words, I raise you up to the highest level. That is the greatest thing I can do for you. It means the polarity light. Polite. It means that I and my polarity, which is the other, are both being raised by my intention, by my motivation, by my attitude to the highest level. Do I succeed in every moment? Of course not. Do I attempt in every moment? Of course I do. Because I'm polite. Not, oh, excuse me, but, you know, the, the, that's, the, that's the monarchy's version of polite, right? Being a piece of ridiculous garbage, and I am the one who is very, very, very divine, and I own everything, and you must ask and humbly bow if you want a piece of my ownership. Brilliant. That's what this life is all about. There's like some people that got own everything and then there's the rest of us we just have to humbly scrape. That's why Guru Nanak said we will all wear turbans. I'm not trying to promote turbans. I'm just giving you the story behind the, the idea. Because he said, only the royals were wearing the turbans because the turban was the precursor to the crown. Didn't ever need to be a crown. But they used to put precious stones inside this wrap. You have no idea what's inside here, do you? <laughs> but the fact is, that Guru Nanak said, we are all royal, which is the foundation of what's called Raj Yoga. Raj Yoga means the practice of being the light, being the light force, being that radiance, being that fully enlightened being. So you balance the gut brain, the gut neurology, which is to connect. We don't connect with this. We describe and define each other and then compare each other with this. We don't connect. We don't even connect through our heart. Through our heart, we're able to give with effort and receive through relaxation. Give with effort and receive through relaxation. And that is both the lungs and the heart effort. We exhale through effort and then we just naturally fill up. We exhale through effort and we naturally fill up. Connecting 
giving and receiving, analyzing. Now, is the analysis important? Yes. This is important, but it can't be 100%, it can't be 90%, it can't be 80%, it can't be 70%. It must be one-third, one-third, one-third. And then when you experience existence, you connect, you give and receive, and then you discover. You connect, you give and receive, and then you discover. And what you discover is that it is delightful to be polite because you are enlightened. It is delightful to be polite because you are enlightened. Someone one asked, once asked Yogi Bhajan, what is it going to take to become enlightened? And he said, get rid of everything that you've learned. And they looked at him very peculiarly. Get rid of everything I've learned. He said, yes. Everything you've learned, everything your ancestors have learned, everything that has ever been learned by anyone. And you will realize that you are enlightened except for that which you have learned. At your core, you are that light. And when you get rid of all of the emotional, all of the thought forms that you have learned, that light, undisturbed, can pass through that shushmana, and then it returns down, and it cycles through the micro-orbit, and you are as you are, without any of the disturbances, fully enlightened. And that's what we're doing. The secret to learning is unlearning. And we are allowing ourselves to become that light. And so these days we're going to work with light. We're going to learn the pathways that we can get our awareness into fifth-dimensional viewing. And in fifth-dimensional viewing, we can see solutions with our eyes closed and with our eyes open. When we fully experience each other, we can have a full experience of what is, what's led to what is, and what's going to be from what is. We can have a full experience. And once we all begin to do that, we'll teach others how to do that. It's a multi-level marketing system. And we'll teach others, and they'll teach others, and they'll teach others, and they'll teach others, and we have three or four decades to get this done in. And then this incredible chaos and insanity and all that's going on in the world right now will simply be altered.
altered. Not by a direct assault and a direct attack on what's happening, but the way of the way, the Tao, by altering and by feeding enough people, few million avatars, messiahs, masters, prophets, so that you can't even create like that. I wanted to use the word idiot. But let me just use the word male person. <laughs> that the news is all glowing about right now in India, who has like 60 million followers and he's just been sentenced to 20 years in prison and people have died and people are rioting. And Okay, so this is what is called charlatanism. And it is what Yogi Bhajan called the dark magic or the dark tantra. Black tantra, what red tantra, the dark tantras. And just know that there are going to be these things sprouting up all over, just like there are the things like what is in this country sprouting up. And that is not to distract us. That is to just remind us that the time is very, very clearly for your ignition. And so as they say in the Indy 500, gentlewomen and gentlemen, start your engines. Because the race is about to begin. And then I'll quote Yogi Bhajan when he said, and the race is fixed ever so slightly in our favor. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama breathing exercise and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation and these will be like 11 minutes and then there are also going to be audio files which are guided 11 minute meditations which you can listen to and that's all within gurusing.com Satnam